And I remember talking to my sister, my champion from day one, and I was telling her everything that was happening. And I was like, you know what? This is either a little phase that I'm going through, or this is the beginning of the rest of my life. You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, a lifestyle podcast hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Tune in for a new episode every Tuesday to hear our honest conversations about topics like wellness, entrepreneurship, spirituality, and self-development with guests who are really smart, really inspirational, and really fucking funny. (laughs) It's real, it's raw, and it's unfiltered. Inspired by our transition from our 20s to our 30s, we realized it's so much more than that. Our mission is to provide you with the tools, guidance, and motivation to help you navigate any transitions in your life and propel your personal growth. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. I actually feel I actually feel like my insides are gonna just like come all out. Sweet Sweet green twice. Sweet green twice. Oh, that's do you guys hear that voice? Do you guys hear that voice? Clo Money has moved to LA. Clo Money's in the house. We dragged her to LA and we put her to work. Oh, do you want to be on? No, you can't be on. Yeah. Uh keep the keep the mic off. Keep working. Uh, <laughs> Chloe's been a little bitch today. So we're putting her in timeout. <laughs> Chloe got in my car. I picked her up and she, she looked at my hair and goes, are you okay? <laughs> She's like, I'm worried about your self-care. <laughs> I literally just shaved my legs for the first time today. We Yo, I shaved my legs other. after you said something to me at our yeah. event. Yeah. We were sitting in front of a room of 40 people and Lindsay looked at my ankle and goes, whoa. <laughs> and then I pulled up my bell-bottom pant and it was crazy. It was crazy. It was But you know what? Easily mad, mad respect. And I was like, damn, this is going to be my life when I have a long-term boyfriend. Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> I didn't even realize. Like, I just made me sad. I was like, I haven't touched my legs. So, you know what I mean? I was like, I haven't actually felt my legs in a long time. I was like, oh, like what's even going on down there? Totally. Literally. Oh my God. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a wild animal. Justin sometimes says, so I got laser. This is TMI. I got laser, but it like works for a, a little bit and I haven't like Same. shaved or done anything in a long time. Justin's like, good thing I have a bush fetish. <laughs> Just fucking around. I'm like, oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it took me, no joke, because I haven't shaved in a while and I had two head laser didn't really work. I know. And it took me 15 minutes to like do the job. I don't even. It was crazy. I'm like, this is a waste of fucking time. One, what am I doing it for? I hate the ingrowns. I don't get them as much. And laser honestly has helped me with that. It's good. I know I I had a package somewhere and I just. Thins it enough. I don't Didn't want to go back, but I need to buy another package. It's worth it. Anyway, more talk about vaginas on the Almost 30 podcast. You're welcome. Pay par for the course. (laughs) Today I was on the way here. I was breathing into my belly and doing my my radio voice. Mm. Did you hear it drop? Yeah, I did. My belly's out. You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast. <laughs> a lifestyle podcast hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. <laughs> Tune in each week. Are you a librarian who does porn at night? I'm a sexy librarian <laughs> and I've got a belly voice. <laughs> 
Because uh, my voice sounded annoying on this week's episode at points. Not a lot, but at points. We're going to say that about our own voices yeah. every once in a while. What was it? I don't know what I was doing, but... Was- we were goofy goof in, la- in, in um, yeah. the other episode. Yeah. 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 Jesus, Chloe. Oh, Chloe. Chloe goes, are you guys recording right now? Is this not good enough Hi, honey, for you, this Chloe? This is what we do for a living. Yeah, literally. <laughs> oh, God. Start over, she <laughs> says. No. You're not on. Zip the lip. <laughs> Zip the lip. Cut. Cut the Cut. shit. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> Keep working. Don't close that computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need a serious makeup team. We um, do need a makeup team. We're so excited. Podcast. Today. Today, today. We have on Angela Johnson, comedian, actress. Huge. Huge. Major. I adore her so much. Yeah, what I was would, that like? So in this episode, um, uh, Krista was out of town. And so it was just me. And actually my friend Carly, mm-hmm. who um, is introduced us to Angela. She's awesome. She's awesome. Awesome. Angela is the raddest girl mm. I've like of that like level of fame yeah. I've ever fucking met. I feel that. Like she she sees you, she listens. She li- literally has zero agenda. I mean, she came to my apartment. You know what I mean? Like she didn't have to do that. Like we were honored. Like she loves the podcast and wanted to come on. But like, I always feel weird. I'm like, oh God, like important people are coming to my home. Lindsay was cute. She's like, what kind of snacks does she want? Literally. I was like, this is what, when we have someone big on. Yeah, she loved it. Lindsay's like, we'll send you a car and we'll buy you snacks. <laughs> <laughs> we do that for everyone, but I was extra nervous. Extra. Extra. Yeah. Um, but she, you know, the, the track of her career is fascinating. Mm-hmm. We talk about... You know, she grew up, you know, in her early teens, she was involved with drugs and partying and um, was dating like someone in a gang. Her, you know, she had this like strained relationship with her father, like just a lot of things going on. And she was going in the wrong direction. I could see as a teenager, me being attracted to someone in a gang. Total. Oh, I, I, you know what I mean? I, You're like, yes. well, he's like, you know, a leader and <laughs> he's popular. <laughs> Mine has- was a drug addict who like probably should have been oh, in a yeah. gang member. And I was like, oh, he's just like, he just looks like a Backstreet Boy. Totally. Do you know? <laughs> yeah, you're like, I don't even care if he's in a gang. Yeah. Um, but she completely changed. She pivoted like 180. She joined this church group. She'll tell you the story. Cool. But like her acceleration into where she is now happened so quickly. And it was funny. We talked about imposter syndrome because it was so, I wouldn't say easy, but things lined up. Like she had like angels showing up for her in so many ways. Mm. And um, we talked about her faith. We talked about how she met her husband and how they collaborate together. Yeah. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Love it. And, um, you know, so Angela Johnson, you guys know her as probably as Bon Cui Cui on Mad TV. Um, there's an interesting story there. She also is very famous for her nail salon bit, which was the first joke she ever wrote. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, we go into it. Um, she has something to say. Like I didn't expect her to kind of like open up and drop some truth. And especially talking about the current climate we're in now with the Me Too movement. And um, yeah, I just adore her. And Carly was a little shining star off to the side. 
Yeah. She's so cute. She's the best. She's the best. Um, so enjoy this episode. You can uh, join our secret Facebook group to talk about it. Um, reach out to Angela. If you tag mm-hmm. this episode on Instagram, tag her too. Like she's waiting yeah. for you. She was so pumped to um, reach our community. I told her all about you guys. Love you guys so Love much. you guys. Thanks Enjoy for this. subscribing, rating, and reviewing. It means so much. We've been seeing like reviews upon reviews every single day. So thank you. You're the bomb. Enjoy. There she is. Um, wait, confession. Uh, earlier today, instead of doing my like weird morning ritual, I was watching one of like your wedding videos on Me? YouTube. Yeah. How cool. Thanks. Wait, I watched that it, like three weeks ago. Why is it's that It's one of so my guilty public? pleasures to watch wedding stuff really? in general for some fucked up reason. But like, I just, I, I don't know. I was like so in it. <laughs> Who's in it with you? Why was you I and your hubby? You're so cute. Thank you. Ugh. How long have you been married? Six years. Wow. So, hey, what's the a Wi-Fi? Oh, no, the hey. at your name. Oh, the, at um, almost thirty, almost three zero podcast. Almost thirty. Thanks, Angela. Oh, here. Found you. We're uh, there. Boop. I zoomed in on the snacks because <laughs> snacks. Okay. <laughs> Six years. Six years, cool. yeah. How long were you dating? Oh, this is a good story. We met in August. Mm-hmm. We're engaged by Christmas Eve. And then we got married that following June. Did you know? Yeah. I I, I had to have known. I, I was like a serial dater. Like never had serious relationships. And I always found something wrong with a person. Or they found something wrong with me and bounced. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I met Manuel, it was like that weird cliche thing that they say, when you know, you know, it was that. Yeah. It was just, oh, I think I know. That's weird. And yeah. I wouldn't even like say it out loud because I was embarrassed, but I felt it. Did you feel spirit. it? And he felt obviously yeah. the same way. It, it was just it was felt not so even right. A, there was no room for like fear of like, oh, yeah. he's going to leave. No, he feels the same way. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it, we were laughing because… When we were getting married, he's like, typically in a relationship, I haven't even said I love you yet to a girl. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, that's how long it would typically take. But we were already married. Wow. People are going on their fifth date. That's the coolest. <laughs> you said something in one of the videos, literally stalking earlier today. This is cool. But um, <laughs> do your research, girl. That's what I did. That's how I got my husband. I stalked him. That's online what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah, I think you were talking about it. You said um, you trained yourself for so long to date wrong. Yeah. And I relate to that so hard. But I like, I kind of think that I'm, that it's, I don't think it is me, but like the process of just getting used to like kind of less than amazing. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Uh Like when you're dating, you're like, okay, well maybe like I could fix this. Like, did you go through that? Maybe I deserved that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Girlfriend. The guy I dated right before my husband, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. He was so manipulative mm. with his words. Like he was like a wordsmith. Like he would just, he should have been a lawyer. It was, so. What's an example? For example, he would try to fix me, but say it oh. like he was helping me, you know? Like my husband now likes to pick out my outfits for me. And like he, he likes, he's very into fashion so and he likes to see me looking good, you know? This guy, he would say things to me like, why do you wear shoes like that? Like, mm. you don't ever want to wear heels? You should 
try wearing heels. Like, like he, because I'm tomboyish. We were just yeah. talking about this earlier. Yeah, same. <laughs> Sexy tomboy. Same club. And he would just try to fix me. He would get a book. And you know how you can recommend books to your friends? Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, I'm reading this book right now. It's so good. You should read it. Yeah. He would get me a book that was like fixing me. Like he didn't like, read it. He's like, you should read Hey, this. you should read this. Like by the end of the day, I would feel like there was an invisible measuring stick held up to me. And I never measured up to it. Every question he asked me, I could never get the right answer. It was never good enough for him. It was real, just manipulative. Yeah. And at first I was like, oh, he's trying to help me. That's so nice. Mm. And then I was like, why do I go to bed every night feeling like zero, feeling like trash? Like he would say things like, I just want to honor you and cherish you. But he wouldn't do those things. He wouldn't honor or cherish me. He would just say the words because he knew those were words that got him good points. Yeah. So they're empty. Yeah. But then a year later, I meet my husband who doesn't say, I want to honor you and cherish you. He just does. Shows it. Yeah. And so it was like night and day. Wow. Yeah, man. I mean, to see the light, like when you see light in someone, like your husband is light and he sees the light in you. It's like, I feel like it could open up. Did that open up for you like something creatively too? Like in other aspects of your life, did you just feel like, oh, inspired here? Girlfriend. Yeah. So many girlfriends tonight. You're going to get a lot of girlfriends (laughs) out of me tonight. (laughs) That means I hear what you're saying and I have a good story for you. That's what girlfriend means. (laughs) Um, So Bonquiqui, my character. Mm -hmm. I did Bonquiqui on Mad TV and she was like a one sketch wonder. It was Beyond wonder, girlfriend. Okay. Total, total. And it was literally one sketch. I was on the show for one season, not even the full season, half a season because the writer's strike hit that year. And as soon as everybody went on strike, everybody went on hiatus, Mm -hmm. came back from the strike. There were some budget cuts. And by budget cuts, I mean me. So I was off the show and I only did four episodes. And that one sketch blew up. You only did four episodes? I didn't know Four episodes. One, one sketch of Bonquiqui. She blows up, all of a sudden has this cult following on YouTube. People start coming to my stand-up shows dressed as Bonquiqui. Like it's this crazy thing yeah. that's just happening that I have no idea what, and people are like messaging me going like, hey, when are you going to do another Bonquiqui sketch? And I'm like, oh, I'm not on the show anymore. So probably not for a while. <laughs> like it was Ever. full on like, yeah, I'm, I'm out, you know? And I refused to do a living room version of Bonquiqui. Right. Because that was like yeah. a mad TV Dude, production. No. It was like a budget behind it. And I was like, I'm not going to do the poor man's version of Bonquiqui. She'll just be a one sketch wonder and that's that. Then I get married and he's in music and he has this idea. Why don't we make Bonquiqui a rapper? Let's just go in the studio, record some songs. We'll put on iTunes ourselves. Just see what happens. So we did that. And what had happened was um, <laughs> this record label named Warner Brothers Records. Oh, I don't know him. You know, you may have heard of him. Brand new. I don't know, Jason Drulo, no. Kelly Clarkson. Up and comer. Cher. <laughs> it's beginner level. Right. It's, By the right. way, we have Carly Haney on the yeah. microphone as well. Hey. <laughs> burr, 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 burr. I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Club horns. Yes. <laughs> so they ended up offering Bone Quigley a record deal. And oh. so- she like got a real record deal from a real record label. 
and she's not even a real person. <laughs> like my husband, who's been in music since the 90s, he's like, do you know how long it took me to get a record deal? Like how much I had been striving and working so hard in the music industry. And we did this as a joke. I'm a comedian. We just went into the studio, recorded three songs, put on iTunes. And then everybody was like, yes, I'm about this. So we get a record deal. We put out a full album. I end up touring the country a as tour, this character. To be clear. A full on tour. A tour. A tour. Okay. Yeah. Because I tour as Angela, a stand up. <laughs> not, not as important. <laughs> not Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Album sales, not high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At all. No, actually, I I sell out as both. I'm I'm really a phenomenon. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, it's true. It, it was crazy. We did. We came Whoa. up with this whole show. Bonquiqui performed with a live band, backup dancers, like LED wall, fog cannon, fog machines, a confetti cannon, like everything. And um, we we did two runs of the tour. And how many cities? Uh, we I think we did fourteen each run. Oh my god. Yeah, it was sold out. It was amazing. And did you know about this and didn't tell me? No. (laughs) (laughs) This I I got to be ghetto Beyonce for a good couple years. And was it what did did you choreograph it? Was everything fully? I had choreographers. I had a tour bus. A tour bus. I had choreographers. I had um, everything. It was had you rapped before? Never. Not before this. It just. But you can beatbox like a fucking boss. Oh, okay. I mean, I can do from? just very, I practiced. Should you lay one okay. down right now? Because I started practicing Let's, today. Let's hear it. <laughs> should we do it? Should we collaborate? Yes. Should this be a collab? Let's do <laughs> it. Right now. <clears throat> it's actually, well, because then like my lips start to go numb and I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> is happening? Well, Lindsay's a singer. What sounds did you learn? Uh, well, I just did it on my own. Um, I was actually, I was like really conjuring some spirit. I was like, come to me. <laughs> I love you. What songs are, or what, what? Come um, on, Bismarcky, come to me. Like, well, I wanted to, <laughs> I feel like you just let one out and then like <laughs> regretted it. Came out. <laughs> regretted it right after. <laughs> but like, <laughs> that's the cutest little beatbox ever. <laughs> that was so much better. I'm good. You have bigger lips. Yes. I'm pretty good. I'm yeah. rude, but okay. They're, they're real. <laughs> Show notes, they're real. Better Show- lips. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Do me your sound. Give okay. it to me. Um, what was I doing earlier? I was like, <laughs> okay. Does it does it stop okay. there? Wait. <laughs> like the little like the pop I was trying I was trying uh-huh. to get the uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Okay. Can you can you give me a little I'll give you a little no. Thank you. Okay. First okay. that was the JB. Is it in it's you're, like Well, you're saying P O O H is what you're saying you're going Oh, too much. But air. it's not. Poo. She loves that word. Okay. Like, um, maybe try like, like oh, you have to put your back. lips together more. Okay. Like you're almost gonna do a fart sound. <laughs> almost. And then do a <laughs> sound like oh. crazy. <laughs> almost. <laughs> I have like the nerdy sound at the end. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. So wait, do the first one. No, Too you're going. Air. You're going with your lips. You're doing like a oh. So with it's your more lips. like yeah, yeah, yeah. Flatten it out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you about to bust yeah. a flow? Here she go. Yeah. Uh. 
I wish it came out like you that. can be maybe in charge we'll of the lyrics. Maybe we'll Lindsay. a little more wine. But you're a lyricist. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I am, but not a like a. I can't flow like that. That's cool. Yeah, I had never. Is that how you got your husband? I beatboxed for him. Yeah, like That's, that. I mean, that is four months cool. in, you gotta pull out some tricks. You know what I mean? <laughs> What's your trick, Lindsay? I don't have. What's I've your been, party trick? I've been so out of the game. I need a new trick. That's what I'm trying to like. We'll rehearse. Okay. <laughs> we'll rehearse. So you went on tour, yeah. and 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 one, what did that feel like to be doing something? Obviously, the character that you created, and you know that feels like home in a way, right? Yeah. But it's like, you know, you're an actress, comedian, but now you're on tour as. A singer, a, as a, a rapper, a music a rapper. artist. Like, what is that? Dancing, doing choreography, all of it. That's well, like the dream. It really was a dream because this whole story started from, did I get more creative once I married my husband? And mm -hmm. yes, he definitely um, helped me grow. Yeah. And um, he got to tour with me. So his band opened for Bonquiqui. So we got to do a tour together. Like, how amazing is that? We created the show ourselves. We executive produced it ourselves. We thought, I'm sorry, um, Carly's dog is destroying your curtains over here. Creating her own music. She's fine. It's beautiful. She's trained. <laughs> She's trained to poop on your floor. <clears throat> it's okay. Hashtag I love Charlie like my own until I throw her out the window. <laughs> no. Peta. Hashtag Peta. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it was, wow. what, it was such a cool experience and it was a lot of hard work. I can't imagine. Tour life. Fun. Hashtag tour life. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Not everybody gets to be ghetto Beyonce. But now on your Wikipedia, it says musician. I know. And it's Which a picture. Really, if you look at my Wikipedia, yeah. it's a picture of Bonquiqui. Like that's not right. even me. That's Bonquiqui. Right. Like you it's call a purple weave that. and everything. And I'm like, how do I change that? I mean, I guess so, anybody can contribute right. to Wikipedia. Maybe we'll change it tonight. Oh, I'll choose that. it. Thank you. My dog will choose it. Give me a it. good one though. <laughs> Do yeah. A good photo, please. <laughs> we'll just... take one tonight of the three of us and yeah, we'll change it right. to that. <laughs> you do that. It'll Wait be this. <laughs> mostly your face in my Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> People will love it. Yeah. So, so, Mad TV, how old were you when you were doing Mad TV? Oh, this God, is not to yeah. like do any math or anything. It's yeah. more just like- Well, it was 2007. Mm -hmm. 2007. Um, how many years ago was that? 10, 10, 11 years ago? I was a junior in high school. 11, no. So I was 24. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. So 24. So um, no. Were you like equipped for that level of fame? Like what is what did that feel like? And as a 20, like in your 20s, I feel like everything's like just kind of <laughs> unplugged. You're like, where's the yeah. plug? Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. You know? I got another one for you. Girlfriend. Yeah. Listen to Break this. Mm -hmm. So no, was not prepared mm. for any of this slash was completely prepared. Like you don't know you're ready until you're in it. And you're like, yeah. oh, I guess I was ready for it. Um, I'll tell you about the year that changed my life. Mm, so 2006, I'm a stand-in on a TV show. And at the same time, I'm going to this church in Hollywood. And every Tuesday night, they would do this creative arts night. Mm. And they would have like dancing, singing and stuff like that. Because a lot of industry people go to this church. So they had a comedy class on a Tuesday. And the woman who was teaching the class was like, hey, um, do you want to take my class? My stand-up joke writing class? And I was like, is it free? <laughs> And she's like, yeah. I was like, well, I guess. God's house, is it free? <laughs> right? I guess so then. Mm -hmm. I had never wanted to be a comedian. I was like, really? sure, I'll take a free class. 
you know, free education, get in where you fit in. I guess at the time you wanted to be an actress. Yeah, I want to be an actress. Like I didn't want to be a comic. I didn't even know like what that was. Yeah, like I knew of comedians, but in my mind that was like men. Right. George Lopez. Like not your path. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so I was like, sure, I'll take your free class. And then the show that I was a stand-in on gets canceled. Um, So I, I don't have a job now. I finished this class. We, it was like a month long. Uh, our graduation was we had to perform at a real comedy club. That's our graduation. And one of the first jokes that I wrote was this nail salon bit that ends up blowing up my spot. What's your first joke? I wrote it in a free <laughs> Lindsay, joke the first writing joke. class. All right. What unreal. joke are we on? <laughs> Close your book. Isn't that unreal? But that's, But I think honestly, that is like… That's some sort of like sign. Gift. You know like you're on your path. It's, you know you're. Thank you. You know That's you're on your path when you something like that happens. Past. When your first joke is a viral sensation, <laughs> unreal for years to come. So I graduate wow. from this little free class at the church, and I still am not trying to be a comedian. It was just like okay, it was something I did for fun. I'm trying to be an actress. Meanwhile, nothing is happening for me in the acting world. Like I don't have an agent. I don't have auditions. I don't have anything going on for me. Right. So that's like 2006. Cut to 2007, nothing going on. I have no job, no money. All my unemployment checks had completely run out. Um, The only reason why I was still in LA is two reasons. One, I felt like God was telling me I'm not done yet. Even though everything in my life was saying different, everything in my life was saying, you tried, time to go home, give up. Mm. You, You gave it your best shot. Everything in my circumstances was saying that. But in my spirit, in my gut, I felt like God was like, not yet. Just hold on. Not yet. So it was that as well as my sister who would send me money to pay my rent. She would send me gift certificates to the grocery store so I could get food. And she was like, you're not coming home. You are going to go for it. And so those are the reasons why I, I stayed, right? So it's January 2007. I have nothing to my name. All of a sudden, this brand new thing called YouTube comes out. And I started getting phone calls from family members from different parts of the country that were like, hey, um, there's this email going around at work and it's a video and it's you. And at first I was like, what video? Like, <laughs> Hold on. Well, I'm doing what? in a video. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Back up. Reverse. Um, they're like, is you telling stand up? <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, I remembered last year I took this class. Free. And this free class, whatever. And this set that I did one night is going viral, right? Before that term viral was something good. Who like, posted it? This company posted it. Mm. And, um, so what happened, and even that night when I filmed it, it was like, I'm broke. I have nothing to my name. And they're like, Hey, do you want to come to the ice house in Pasadena? We'll pay you 25 bucks to do a set. 25 bucks. Are you kidding me? That's gas money. They'll get me through the week. Yeah, I'm coming. Deal. So I signed my life away. So they own that video. That's why people are like, Oh, you must have so much money off that video. I didn't get $1, one one penny off the video because the people who recorded it are the ones who own it. Right, 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 right. And I signed my life away to them that night for that footage. So they own that footage. So um, anyways, so it starts going viral. Next, this is MySpace days, right? So um, you're young. Do you know what MySpace is? Yes. I had a Zenga. (laughs) You guys don't know what that is? Yeah, I do. I don't know. Dude, we used to like code on Zenga. What is Zenga? Different colors and shit. Zenga was the MySpace after MySpace. I feel like I was smarter back then. I'm like, I could code. You (laughs) never even heard of Zenga. (laughs) Coding. Started with an X. (laughs) Well, 
So this is MySpace days. Right. Mm-hmm. And I had maybe like, I don't know, 150 MySpace friends because okay. of my actual friends and family. Yeah. All of a sudden I wake up one day and I have thousands of messages from people all over the world saying, hey, we saw your video. When are you coming to perform at fill in the blank? All in the United States. When are you coming to Australia? When are you coming to the Philippines? When are you coming here or there? And I was like, oh my God, I only have 12 minutes of jokes. I just took a free class. And all of a sudden this joke, this video is like blowing up my spot. People in Hollywood, like network executives were sending their assistants to MySpace to find me because I didn't have an agent. Nobody knew how to get a hold of me. So I'm getting messages on MySpace. Hey, I'm the assistant to so-and-so at Fox, at CTV, at MTV, at whoever. They want to meet with you. So all of a sudden I get all these meetings, right? And I remember you were asking me like, was I prepared for the fame? Absolutely not. I would get thousands of messages from people. I didn't know how to be a celebrity. So I thought I had to respond to every person Mm. who messaged me. I would sit there for hours and hours hours replying to people full on like copy paste. Like, thank you so much for the support. Copy paste, copy paste, copy paste. And it was like so overwhelming. I was like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to be famous. Like what, what is this? And like Fox people want to meet me. NBC wants to meet me. Like, I don't know how to do this. Right. And um, you're like sitting on the floor of your apartment. Like like everything I asked for in life is happening. Yeah. I was going to say, did did you ask for this? You know what I mean? to receive it, right? And I remember talking to my sister, my my champion from day one, and I was telling her everything that was happening. And I was like, you know what? This is either a little phase that I'm going through or this is the beginning of the rest of my life. Mm. And that's exactly what it was. It was the right. beginning of a whole new life for me. And so that's January, 2007. From January to February, there was 4 million views on that nail salon video. By March, I had met with everybody in this town. Every network had called me in for a meeting at some point. By May, I had a new agent, a new manager. I had auditioned for and booked Mad TV. And even when I auditioned for Mad TV, like most of these actors on Saturday Night Live, Mad TV, whatever sketch shows, they come from the Groundlings, Second City, you know, whatever it is. I had no training whatsoever. I took a free joke writing, stand-up class at a church. What was that audition like? Did you bring in characters? You had to bring in three original characters and three celebrity impressions. So I was like, I've never done a celebrity impression before. So I went on this brand new YouTube. I started thinking of who's famous and Latina that I can just mimic them, right? So I was like, Jennifer Lopez. I started looking up (laughs) Jennifer Lopez videos and I just get down like two or three of her mannerisms, like her her laugh that she would do, her wave that she would do, her high pitch, hi guys. Like she would say something like yeah. that. And I saw her do it in like three different interviews. So I was like, cool, I'm just going to take those check, three check. words. And when I do this impression, I'm going to say, this is Jennifer Lopez on the red carpet. And then I'm just going to do an interview like that. And then I did Rosalind Sanchez, who was on cold case or without a trace, one of those shows. She was on that show at the time. Mm-hmm. And I did Paula Abdul, who was drunk Paula at the time Damn. on American Idol. So that right. was real easy to do drunk Paula. Those are my three celebrity impressions. And then as far as original characters, I didn't have any. So I was like, well, in my free joke writing class, I told the story about my grandpa 
I'll just do that character, but I'll make it my grandma so I can actually be the person. So mm-hmm. I took all the jokes and I made it my grandma and I just acted them out. And then I did, um, this is my sister, Bonquiqui. She wants to be a rapper. And so I auditioned with Bonquiqui. And then I forget what my third one was. And I ended up booking the show. I booked Mad TV and people are messaging me like, hey, when are you coming to perform stand-up, yada, yada, yada. I start writing more material because I'm like, well, I, best, I guess I better go tell some jokes because people want me at their clubs. So I start writing more material. Throughout the summer, I ended up writing to about 45 minutes of material. So by the end of the year, my life had completely changed. From January when I had no money, no auditions, no agent, no manager, nothing in my life saying you're on the right track, keep going. To the end of the year, when I was on a hit TV show called Mad TV on Fox, and I was touring the country as a stand-up comedian, my life had completely changed in that one year. And since then, it's been a crazy snowball. From this free joke writing class, I now have four one-hour specials. My most recent one is on Hulu right now. It's called Mahalo and Goodnight. And it just blows my mind. Like right now, I am in the process of writing my fifth hour. And I have like 88 shows from January till June, 88 shows on the books to write my next hour. So it's unreal that this is my life and this is what it turned into. I I would have never imagined this for myself. And it's because you did, it, it happened in a way that you were not even expecting. You no, know, it, it happened it's that, because like, you walked in zag. And I yeah. fought it because I didn't want to yeah. be a comedian. I wanted to be an actress. I was going to say, like, what was that moment like when when there was that, like, pivot? Did you have to kind of release that? But you still are. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's the beauty of this business. Yeah. Is that you can go on tour as Bon Cree yeah. Cree yeah. and be a musician and then audition for a role on the next, you know, yeah. sitcom, right? Exactly. But did you have to kind of let go of like what you thought it was going to be like? I you know? I had to and I continue to, to let go. Yeah. Because it's hard once you have like, you just have to change your perspective mm. on things. Whatever it is that you want or you're working towards, there is truth to the phrase grow where you're planted. Mm-hmm. So if I'm planted here, I'm not going to uproot myself to go be over there because that looks more glamorous or because I think that's what I want over there. If you're planted here, grow roots here, get strength here, get strong here and wait for your time to come. You know what I mean? Mm, so I love that. for me, it was, I fought it for the first mm, five years. I would be doing my stand-up, but the whole time looking over my shoulder back at Hollywood, like, you guys ready for me yet? And go on auditions and be, no, no, no. All right, well, I'll be at the improv. Call me when you're ready, you know? And uh, so I just kept touring, but with the heart of, I'm an actress. I'm just touring until I make it over here. And Mm. then eventually it kind of changed into, I, I love this and it's serving its purpose. And it's such a gift that I get to travel the country and bring joy to people. Joy is medicine to people who are hurting. And I get to be medicine for somebody. When I started to change my perspective and look at it as not something like I'm missing out on, well, my dream is over there. So I guess I'll just be here. When I started to change my perspective and be like, wow, this is so powerful where I'm at. What I'm doing Mm. is so powerful. And I still have dreams, the Hollywood dreams. Like there's still that part of me. I mean, it's pilot season right now. I'm still like, 
going on auditions all the time, still like crossing my fingers. Like, I hope I book it. I hope this is the one, you know, I can finally get my TV show and, and all of that. Like, I still have those dreams. I just have a different respect for what I actually do every day. Yeah. And the process. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where does that like faith come from? So can you tell us a little bit about like how you grew up, where you grew up, where, where was your support? And, you know, for someone to, I think, and, you know, doing what we do in this creative space, you Mm -hmm. know, your support system has to be pretty strong totally, or else your faith faith then has to be even stronger if they're not Mm -hmm. because it's so unpredictable and it's so zigzag and and all of that and people don't understand. So tell us a little bit about how you grew up. Well, I grew up a broken family. My parents were divorced when Mm -hmm. I was eight and- Did you know what was going on? Mm, I know we were scared of my dad all the time. Um, Stressed? Like, was it, is it just like? Just, he was abusive. Yeah. Just hot temper. Yeah. His spankings were more Mm. like beatings. Yeah. Like we were adults, you know? And so he was scary. We didn't want to be around him when, you know, we didn't know which him we were going to get. So then my parents got divorced and I definitely went through my bad phase. And when I was 12, 13, those were the worst years for me. Like the bad decisions, drugs, mm. everything, hanging out with the wrong crowd. Like my best friends at that time, they pretty much have all done prison time. If I would have stayed with them, you know, my boyfriend at the time was in a gang. He had a kid. He never graduated high school. Like that was my, my boyfriend. And like there were drive-bys at his house. Like that's why I was like, this mama in, hey, I won. Excuse me. <laughs> Back up, girls. <laughs> you can't have him. <laughs> uh, and that was my man. And like my best friend at the time, she went to prison and she's out now and she's doing great. And that's great. And she's doing very well for herself. And I'm very proud of her. But I was a teenager and I went to a youth camp at my church. And that's kind of where I changed my life. And I met people at this church was very diverse and um, a lot of different ethnicities there. When you go to a place that's just one group of people, I feel uncomfortable. Whether it's all white or all black or all Latino, I'll feel uncomfortable. Like I need it to be a little mixed up. Give me a little bit of everybody. And that's kind of what this, it was a ragtag bunch of, Mm. of young people. And we went to a youth camp and we were all ghetto. We were all like, we had our little hoodness to us. And we had this thing in common that we loved Jesus. And it was after that youth camp that I kind of changed my perspective. And I was like, I think I'm living a life I'm not supposed to be living. I don't think I should be with this guy anymore. I don't think, I think I'm desiring things for the wrong reasons. And so I came back from the youth camp and broke up with my boyfriend and just started to like refocus my life and miraculously graduated high school. I went to a few different high schools. It was really hard for me in high school. And I always had this dream to be an actress, but I would never say it out loud because it was embarrassing, Mm -hmm. because it felt so far-fetched. It felt like, I live in San Jose, California. Where do you be an actress in San Jose? You don't. So like the people who are in the movies, like that's what I wanted, but I would never say it. Like I would go to a movie theater and I just, I couldn't enjoy the movie because I was just mad that I wasn't in it. 
You know? Total, I would do the same thing. I mean, I still kind of like, do it, but- I, should, I shouldn't be watching this with this mentality. Yeah. 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 And, but I was like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to be an actress. Like somebody teach me how to get in a movie and I bet you I could do that. That's where my mentality was. Mm. And I had a friend in San Jose who moved to LA and she started dancing in music videos and commercials. And she told me, if you move to LA, I'll help show you the ropes and I'll help you get started. And I was like, oh, wow. So this far-fetched fantasy that I had hidden, tucked away in my heart is actually becoming more of an attainable dream now, mm, you know? Totally. And um, right around that same time, I had another friend who was a cheerleader for the Oakland Raiders. And she was like, hey, you should come try out and be a Raiderette with me. And I was like, oh, it's not really my thing. And the more I started thinking about it, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go try out for the Oakland Raiders. And if I make the squad, I'm going to do it for one year. Mm. And then I'm going to move to LA and I'm going to try to be an actress. And, I, and I'm just going to give it a go. Yeah. I drove to Oakland from San Jose. Did you cheerlead before in your life? I, I you did. did. Okay, I was cool. a Pop <laughs> Warner cheerleader. Although... <laughs> Oh, Pop Warner. Hell yeah. It's so different from like professional cheerleading yeah. is more sexy, shake your pom-poms. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Pop Warner? Yeah. It's like it's like youth football. Yeah. Like the oh, youth cool. league. Youth- I was in the theater. I wasn't like doing uh, cheerleading. You were like, you were an what? athlete? Sorry. Pop what? <laughs> Pop your pimple? Proscenium stage. Proscenium stage. Um, <laughs> upstage, downstage. <laughs> okay, go on. Uh, um... I Yeah, so I drove to Oakland by myself and there were 700 girls at this open call audition. And- What was the scene, man? Well, let me tell you, I'll describe- Where's that documentary, by the way? I'll describe myself and then just imagine a bunch of us. I stopped at Forever 21 on the way there and I just got like a mini skirt and some like Forever 21 heels for like $12. Mm -hmm. And I was like, here I am, number 189, pin the number to me, here we go. And um, I tried out and I made it to the finals. And I remember when they called my number to tell me that I had made the squad. My first thought was not, oh my God, I'm going to be a cheerleader for the Oakland Raiders. This is unreal. <laughs> my first thought was, I'm going to be an actress. Yeah. Like that's yeah. all that meant to me. Wow. That is all that meant to me. I was like, okay, this is just the stepping stone that I needed. Yeah. And it was the best year to pick to be a cheerleader for the Oakland Raiders. We went to the Super Bowl that year. Um, I was named rookie of the year. What does that like, mean? Right. That means you're like the Hi, best of the new ones. Off. Okay. You know what? Like, <laughs> I'm Lindsay, just, tell her something you did. Yeah, tell me something <laughs> you did, Lindsay. Beatbox again. <laughs> <laughs> Too much air. I got to practice. How many... Um, <laughs> How many? How big is a squad? Too much poo. Does that ruin the? There was fifty girls on the squad. Isn't it true that you can be as old as you want? Sorry, what? Someone told me. What that. does that mean? Someone told me that there is like a cheerleader that's so old. Okay, that's well, an old wives' on- tale in Los Angeles. <laughs> okay, I know nothing about cheerleading. That's clearly a rumor. <laughs> um, actually, on our squad that year, we had a grandmother. Yes. Maybe it's you that told me that. I think it was me. She was was not fake news. She was in her 50s. She was a cheerleader for the LA Raiders. 
was fierce, okay. went on to have a family, grandkids, and oh. was still fierce, came back to Oakland, tried out again, and made it again. Cool. Bitch. <laughs> Does every cheerleader, this I'm so this is not a podcast about cheerleaders. I just it is no, now. I know nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hashtag cheerleader. <laughs> um, does every cheerleader cheer every game? Yep. 50? Yeah. It's They're a big scene when they four come lines. Out. Yeah. So so obviously you had like cheerleading dance experience. Mm-hmm. What was that like to like was your mind always this is for like a, just like a greater vision yes. purpose? Yeah. It was never you never got like bogged down by the fact that you had to go to these rehearsals. Were you no. paid well? No. Yeah. So it was like you were just kind of like We were the highest um, paid cheerleaders of the NFL at oh. $85 a game. Okay. Uh, and you got one check at the end of the year by the time taxes and everything my whole season, I was paid like $563. Oh my God, my heart hurts. Yeah. What? Yeah. It's like a volunteer gig. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, so, so all of these women have, you all have other jobs, obviously. Oh, absolutely. Wow. Everyone has careers. That is a documentary. I had yeah. no idea. We're, we're in development for that documentary wow, at this time. That's I actually incredible. wrote a show about it. Did you? We'll talk you. after this. Okay, Yeah. Cool. Lindsay, you can be a part of it. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. I'll be cheerleader number 48. Well, you yeah. can be a consultant. Coming on. Yeah. You're probably not going to make the team. Okay, cool. <laughs> I asked Carly, I was like, hey, uh, for your new uh, animated series, can I play a plant? Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll hype that later. Okay, thanks. Uh, yeah. That'll be the sexiest voice to. plant ever. Right? right? Like a succulent? Ooh, you better name yourself Come a succulent. <laughs> the dream. They're like, is it a girl or is it a boy? <laughs> yeah. What is it? Did you leave after a year? Yes. So um, I cheered that one year, went to the Super Bowl, came home from the Super Bowl. And that very next weekend, I packed up my room and moved to LA. And let me tell you. So when I first said I was going to move to LA and be an actress, I told my mom and she was like, I'll believe it when I see it. Mm -hmm. I had lived in her house my whole life. I've never like paid rent in an apartment, let alone move to a whole other city and Hollywood nonetheless, right? So she was just like, all right, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, I told my dad that I was going to move to LA and be an actress. And he said, why are you going to do that? You don't know anything. Nobody's going to hire you. Mm -hmm. And I told my sister, I'm going to move to Hollywood and I'm going to be an actress. And she was like, yeah. Angel. Get it. You got some, like, I'm just listening to your story, taking it in. You have like these angel points, like angels, the woman who did the free comedy, your Mm -hmm. sister, like just these angels Mm -hmm. that show up for you. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Absolutely. And um, packed up my room, moved to Hollywood. And my friend who said, I'll help get you started, kept her word. That's another angel. Yeah, that's one. Oh, she's, when I say angel, I was so poor. Okay. I was uh, living off of my calendar sales. So we didn't make money from Raiderettes, but you got to sell your own calendars. So it was like your side hustle. So we did a photo shoot for a calendar and then you buy them wholesale. Uh And then (laughs) you buy them wholesale (laughs) and then you set up your own autograph session at a shopping mall and you set up a table and a little tablecloth and your Sharpie. And people come up to you and you're in your uniform and you sell calendars. So you buy them at wholesale for like $6 and then you sell them for like $12 or something like that. Uh And um, that's how I moved to LA with my calendar money. Wow. So when I- Is this you? Yeah. Wait, let me see. Look at the sleeves. You have sleeves like this, Lindsay. Oh my God. Hot. 
I have a way hotter one than that. Raider Somebody just texted me that yesterday. I just yesterday. Googled it. I just Googled it. It's the first thing. That Find I a better one than that. Um, and you'll have to post these like somewhere so people can know what we're talking about. Of course. Um, look at this one. Um, my cousin just texted me that yesterday. That's like Chola I want to ask a question, wait, but I'll ask it after. <laughs> I feel like it's not show appropriate. Oh my God. This. Are you Selena's? Yeah. Anything for Selena. Anything wow. for Selena. Wow. Hot. Wait, this is amazing. Chola Raiderette. Oh, total Chola Raiderette. Um, so I was super poor. My friend that said mm. she would help me get started, show me the ropes. Not only did she keep her word, I survived in LA for the first five years based on her hand-me-downs. All my clothes in my closet were once hers. Mm. If we wore the same shoe size, they'd be her shoes too. So instead I had the same one pair of shoes for like the first five years. But all my clothes in my closet were hers. Like she was an angel. Absolutely. Her name is Sandra McCoy, lover death. And mm. so this is a great story. She's like, okay, this is what I want you to do. I want you to sign up at Central Casting to be an extra on TV, okay? She said, when you get there, there's gonna be a line of people out the door waiting to sign up because everybody wants to be an extra. She goes, don't wait in line. I want you to go to the front window and I want you to ask for this guy. And I forget his name at the time, so we'll just call him Sam. Okay. Um, and so she goes, I want you to come with a tray of cookies and your Raider at headshot. Okay. And I want you to tell him you're new to town and you want to be an extra. And I was like, this sounds like the shadiest <laughs> casting couch beginning of a casting like, couch I I'll ever do it a sleazy Raider at photo <laughs> shoot like, am I like, wearing clothes yeah when I walk up yeah 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 what should I wear my lingerie just be ready to go or what how do we do this yeah. like I felt so sleazy and I was like oh my god so but I do it and I get there and there's a line of people out mm. out the door I'm walking past them with my tray of cookies my freaking uh what's it called when you're trying to lure somebody in bait no my bait yeah whatever yeah. it is Whatever it is, I got my tray of cookies. Everybody sees me with cookies. They're like, who's she trying to buy? I go to the front desk and I'm like, hi, I'm here to see Sam. Mm -hmm. They're like, okay, sure. He'll be right out. This guy comes walking out wearing a Raiders hat. That's why. Shut up. Are you kidding me? You're like pulling your shirt up higher. Are you kidding me? So big fan or? So he's a huge Raider huge fan. fan. I give him these cookies and I give him my Raider at headshot. And I go, hi, I'm new to town. I want to be an extra. And he goes, Raiderette? <laughs> no way. Oh my God, are you kidding me? Da, da, da. We had just got off the Super Bowl. So it was like a whole thing. So it was like oh, that whole talk, like, awesome. Yeah, dope. Okay, cool. I don't think he said dope, but- You're like, I recently was, made $85 yeah. at the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Should I invoice? Um, okay. <laughs> um, so he was like, great. I didn't even sign up. At the time, he was like, cool, give me your name and number and I'll call you when I have something. All right, sounds good. A couple of days later, he calls me. And he's like, hey, do you want to be an extra on Friends? The best show of all time. Like, yeah. Number one show <laughs> at the time. Are you kidding? My favorite show of all time. And he's like, do you want to be an extra on Friends? And I was like, I'm available. Are you kidding me? Yes, I'm available. Thank you. I'll be there. What time? <laughs> sure. Thank you. So I get there and... um when you, when you don't, listen, everybody, if you want to be an actress or an actor and you don't have a SAG card, it's very difficult to do. You have to join the union, get a SAG card. So the way you can do that is you be an extra 
And if a SAG extra doesn't show up, that means there's an extra SAG voucher and they'll usually give it to like their favorite non-union extra. If you get three SAG vouchers, you can now join the union. Mm -hmm. That's how it all works, right? Or that's how it did work at the time. I don't know if it still works that way. Yeah, I think it does. That feels like the Hunger Games. It is. It so is the Hunger Games. Okay, it is. You'll see them like by the the, the whatever PA or the whatever. Everybody's trying to schmooze to like get the SAG voucher, (laughs) like whatever extra SAG voucher. We'll develop it. Totally. So- The guy from Central Casting put me in the program and their computer as a SAG extra. So immediately, my first voucher is a SAG voucher. So he just put me in as I'm a union member. So I started getting SAG vouchers right away. So my first three days of being an extra already was SAG eligible. Damn. And there's an angel. Angel. You know what I mean? Cookies. I'm going to call him out. Cookie sugar is the way. (laughs) Right? To that. Because you brought cookies. Oh, were you no, in your but, Raiders uniform, by the way? No, no, okay, well, I didn't. That would have been that, that would have been, been a bit much, yeah, I think. Extra. <laughs> so now I'm an extra on Friends. Well, I end up making friends with the AD. Mm-hmm. He's Latino. I'm Latino. He's funny. I'm funny. We're making each other laugh. I don't know the politics of being an extra. I don't know you're supposed to schmooze to get back. I'm just legitimately making friends with this guy and we're making each other laugh. And he's like, you want to come back tomorrow? I'm like, yeah, I'll come back tomorrow. You guys, I was an extra on Friends for seasons nine and 10. The whole season. Whole season? The whole season. I'm watching it tonight. Yeah. You'll find me. Audiences are like, wait, wasn't that girl also- What? Yeah. Every episode? Did you become like a stand-in at some point for like- Not on Friends. Okay. But so what happened was I'm an extra on Friends for like season nine or 10 and I had just moved to Hollywood. So you guys, somebody had told me early on, like before I even moved, they're like, don't be an extra. Nobody respects the extras on set. Don't be one of those, right? Well, here's the thing, you guys. This is about your perspective. Are you coming to get respect Mm. or are you coming to grow and And learn? learn? I took free class from Jennifer Aniston, Lisa Kudrow, Courtney Cox. I got to watch them every day, see them process, see how they worked. And I got a free class from them for two years in a row, for two seasons. It was unreal. It was, it was the best wow. education On I could have asked for. education. So were you aware, like, were you, because I, I think as an extra, sometimes they can get like, you know, if you're mixed up with people who are like, oh yeah, all right, we got to go sit over there again. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Were you like laser focused? Like what was hungry. going on? Yeah. You're hungry, hungry as fuck. Yeah. I was so hungry and I wasn't over the top. I didn't try to talk to the actors. Mm-hmm. If I wasn't invited to, I wasn't trying to like, none of that. Then I think they notice when you don't try because then they want to talk to you. Exactly. Right. Because then I'd be out By on the, the way, side. the trick of the town. Yeah. yeah. If anyone's exactly. taking notes yeah. on that. And yeah. then next thing you know, they're really having their smoke break and I'm standing right there with them and hearing their family stories and hearing how, you know, somebody's dog died or whatever. And I'm just standing right there with them. I showed up to Lindsay's Soul Cycle class and afterwards I was like, what a loser. <laughs> then she came up to me and she's like, oh, well, okay. Now we can be friends. Now we can be friends. That's a lie, by the way. <laughs> the story goes differently. But I agree. But you were like, yeah. and it's almost like you could, being around that and just being you around that, right? Yeah. Like you weren't trying to be anyone else. No. It's like you were starting to embody like exactly what you're, you are now. You know what I mean? Like where you are in your career. It's yeah. just, 
it's like they're expanders for you. So you're watching Jennifer Aniston and whatnot, and you can see yourself doing that. Absolutely. Yeah. They're expanders for you. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm watching them going, I'm going to get my turn one day. I like the word expanders. Yeah. I'm going to use it three more times. That's helpful. Yeah. Okay, good. (laughs) You can cut this part out. I'll take it. I'll take that one with me too. Expanders. Um, Yeah. And then I was still poor though. So like craft service table, that was my groceries for the week. Like that's how I survived. Um, And then Friends was done. Okay. And they did the Joey spinoff show. Right. Do you remember that? Yeah. Did it happen right away? Yeah. One season. Right away. So I was an extra on that. So he how did me that back. happen? So you, did you have the same AD or it was- Same AD. Come so he on, brought me man. back. Um, so I was an extra for the Joey show. And then that AD mm-hmm. left um, after the Joey show. And he was the AD on a different sitcom. And that's where he brought me in as a stand-in. So now I'm a stand-in on this sitcom while I'm taking this free joke oh, writing class. Wow. So now I'm at the place where I'm about to- change my life. So I'm a stand-in on the show and the very last episode of the whole season, there was one little co-star part and they gave it to me. And that was my first speaking role on TV. So it was a stand-in the whole year. And what then was it? It was a product placement. Cool. It was, yes. it was, please uh, be Nike. What's the deodorant? The one that's, uh, they talk about the little black dress, like it's little oh, black yeah. dress approved. I don't remember what. Like degree? Maybe it's degree. As someone who doesn't wear degree. Suave cool. or degree. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think it's degree. But yeah. it was a product placement one. And the whole show was called Love Inc. And they were like, they set people up on dates. Okay. So I was a client coming in. And I said something about like, I didn't know what to wear. And then she offers me the deodorant. And I'm like, thanks, girl. And then I just leave the office. That was my big break. I My mom and my sister flew out to come and watch me film my two oh. little lines. Yes. Cool. It was like the beginning, my first speaking role on TV, live studio audience. Oh my gosh. Damn. And then I, I took this joke writing class simultaneously. And, and that was the beginning. And after that show ended, that's when I didn't have a job. Mm-hmm. That's when I'm like, what do I do now? And that's when this YouTube video popped off. Well, I don't know what to say. The track of that is right. just incredible. You know, like it's- But it was all the unexpected. Yeah. And that's what I love the most about it. Mm-hmm. Have you always had like a really strong faith in God? Like what did that come in later or was Definitely that since I was a thread? teenager. Okay. Like since that youth camp. Since the youth camp. Okay. Okay. So before the youth camp, you didn't? Not really. Got it. I wasn't raised Christian. Mm. Um, Has I your did. family since adopted that? They're Christian now, my family, yeah. Wow. Because of you? No, no, no. Okay. So after my parents got divorced, my parents separately started going to different Christian churches. Okay. And so that's how I went to the youth camp is that was a church my mom started going to. Okay. So my family is Christian now. And so, yeah, my faith has always been my foundation here in Hollywood. Because if you don't know who you are, you're going to get lost trying to be who you think people want you to be. Yeah. And it's, it's whatever your foundation is, as long as you are standing on sturdy ground mm. when the wind comes to knock you down, when the trials come, when, I mean, I have so many stories of just heartbreak in this industry and chasing the dream and 
not having the money to pay for this. And, you know, other than like, I didn't have to sleep in my car, which is a, another story that you hear from actors who have made it big. Like, oh, I went through a season where I had to sleep in my car, but I wouldn't give up on my dream and, and stuff like that. I thank God I, I didn't have to get to that point, but it was definitely, you know, uh, a roller coaster of you think you're on fire one day and then the next day, all of a sudden it's silent and nobody's calling your name and nobody yeah. wants you. On in- those like silent days, did you have like the energy and inspiration to create like on your own? Like was it, I guess it ebbs and flows, but right. you know what I mean? Like, or, and how, and if you did, like, was there kind of a, your process to kind of get into that mindset? I think it's hard to like sometimes do it on your own and really right. conjure that like energy of like, okay, can I create something on my own right. for someone to see, mm-hmm. to be noticed? Well, you're you're very right with ebbs and flows. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. At that time, before that YouTube video popped off and I had nothing mm-hmm. going on for me, I wasn't inspired to create. I was inspired to um, get closer to God spiritually mm. because I feel like as humans, we can always go deeper with God. You're never going to know him fully, but you can know him a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And you can choose to go deeper spiritually. You can choose to um, whatever it is that gets you there, Mm -hmm. or you can choose to stay surface level. Sometimes we have friends that we say hi and we love them and we laugh and we say, we should get together. And then we never do. We just stay surface. Right. So you could stay surface with God. You could stay surface with whoever you want. But I chose to turn that downtime of, I don't have auditions, agents, nothing in my life. I turned that into, I want to pursue God time. Mm. And so I dug in deeper to my faith and my relationship with God and my prayer life and my understanding of my purpose and my calling on my life. And it was out of that season that everything started to blow up. So I was, yes, inspired, but not necessarily to, well, I'm going to write my own show or anything like that. I was like, well, I'm going to go deeper with God, my foundation, Mm. and just make that stronger for when the time comes. Yeah. Well, it's getting to know yourself better through that too. Absolutely. And you constantly get to know yourself better too. Like the person who I was at that time isn't the same today. So me choosing to pursue God now looks different than how I did it back then. Mm. Um, Because we grow, our understanding grows. We evolve as people and we have different understanding. And I think I definitely went through seasons where I was very religious and it was like a religion to me where now I feel more like I just have this freedom in a relationship with God and I don't have to do it a certain way. I don't have to do it the way my church tells me to. I don't have to do it the way I've been taught. Mm. I can just- Is that not so relevant right now? Yeah. Just with everything going on. Everything. I mean, that's beautiful. it's, um, It's hard, especially when you come out of a place that is you have to do it this way, this way, this way. This is what it looks like. And maybe they don't say the words, you have to do it like this. Mm. Maybe it's just 
they show you. You feel that pressure. And yeah. then if you don't do it this way, then it's like, like do we need to pray for you? Are you <laughs> are you <laughs> falling away? That manipulation. Right. Are you it's everywhere? Is the devil getting at you? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, man. but you are. <laughs> What's the Turn difference? around, yeah. walk away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that vein, like as you got closer to God and kind of entering deeper into Hollywood and mm-hmm. rising in fame, has your self-talk changed? You know, I think it's a, it's a lonely life sometimes mm-hmm. when you are pursuing your passion, especially in Hollywood. You know, people think... Or I would think that, you know, a lot of people are watching you, but mm-hmm. it's not a lot of like, I don't know, you're not around like a hundred people all the time. You know, you do have a lot of time on your own. Like, how has that self-talk changed as you've gotten more famous? What's what's crazy is just that image of you're not around a hundred people all the time. I go from one extreme to the other. I'm in, mm. on a stage in front of at a theater, 3,000 people. Yeah. And then I get my ride back to my hotel where it's just me. What it's me like? and- Is it just what you need or is it weird? HLN Murder Mysteries mm-hmm. and Criminal Minds and Law and Order SVU. Same. You should hear and, her ringtone, by the way. Oh, uh, it's, Hi, it's you're SVU. The ne- you're it's the next SVU. Mariska. I'm sorry. Come on, somebody. You better say Come it. Come on. You better say it. You are. Um. <laughs> So I do go from like one extreme to the other and it is lonely. It is like you're left to your thoughts. Mm. Um, And you can go multiple ways in that. You can, um, maybe you had a great show and you might all of a sudden start getting in your head about like, I'm so this, this is about me. I'm amazing. Like there's positive self-talk, but then there's like maybe you, you walk a line a little bit of thinking you are, it's about you. When Mm. I choose to believe it's not about me, when I go on the stage, um, and sometimes I need a reminder and that comes into self-talk, remind myself, Angela, this isn't about you right now. There's people here paid their hard-earned money to come and laugh. Not just because you're, a clown, honk, honk, make them laugh, but because people are hurting and they need this medicine. Mm. So this isn't about you right now. Sure, I'm working on writing new material, writing my hour. That's about me, sure. But when I get on the stage, I have to remind myself, like in the comedy club, there's like 350 people in this little intimate room everyone's dealing with different things. Somebody just went through a divorce. Somebody just lost their husband. Somebody is sick right now. Um, People are coming in in wheelchairs. Like people need this medicine. So the more you start thinking, oh, this is about me. This is my career. This is, those are all valid points. But I think they have to come right behind. This isn't about me. It's for the people who need this, what I have to offer, this gift I've been given is for them. And then after that, it's, yes, I also want to do another hour special. And I also want to make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And I also want to sell out my show. But keep number one, it's not about you. And I think that's good mentality to have in 
everyday life, in everything, totally. when you're just walking down the street, instead of like flipping off the guy who just cut you off, which you have a right to, like, what a jerk, you just cut me off? Like, oh, this isn't about me right now. Mm-hmm. What if he's trying to get home to his wife who's going into labor? Like, mm-hmm. it's, remind yourselves throughout your day, this isn't about me. Life is greater than just me. Everyone's dealing with their own problems. Everyone has their own struggle. Everyone has their ups and downs. So we're all doing this together. Yeah. It almost takes the pressure off the art too. You know, if you're like not thinking about like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like if it's not about you, it's, and, and because they don't know your process either. Right. So like you could, you could be, I would think like trying a joke out. Right. And you've been working on it for a while. And maybe the response surprises you and it's better than you thought. But you're like, oh, but that wasn't even my best one. You know what I mean? It's like, it's this like taking the pressure off of your art and letting it kind of, you know, take shape in the way it's Mm -hmm. supposed to, I guess. Yeah. Um, That's so interesting. What has it been like as a female in comedy? I mean, I don't don't know know the difference. I don't know if it's something you think about or no. You you know, like like, some people do, some people don't. I don't, I mean, I don't know what it's like to be a male comic because I'm not one. I can say that I've seen women, there's definitely a prejudice. Like um, if you're walking past a comedy club and you're on a date night, you just finished dinner with your boo Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, a comedy club. And you look on the marquee and it's a no-name person. You've never heard of this person. If it's a guy's name, you might take a chance. You might be like, oh, whoever Mm -hmm. Peter so-and-so is, let's go check him out, right? But if it's a female name, I think you might hesitate maybe and be like, ah, but are girls funny? Like, is she just going to be like overly raunchy because she's trying to like overcompensate for, because guys do that? Like, is she going to be, like, you start questioning. It's so funny because I feel like I like women comedians more. Mm -hmm. What is that? Mm -hmm. I live literally right around the corner from Laugh Factory and I check every weekend the schedule. Yeah. And it's this lineup of guys. I'm like, eh. yeah. And if there's a girl, I'm like, oh, thank God. Like something different. Yeah. I don't well, know. Well, you're rare. No, no, no. Yeah. And I know that. Yeah. I know that. But I, yeah. I do hope that becomes the norm because. It is becoming more. That was like when I first started. But I think people like Chelsea Handler mm. did amazing things for stand-up comics, especially females Huge. with her show and her round table that she had. And she would have comics every week, always had females on there. And like she put Who, people by the way, on the ended map. her show because she wanted to be more informed of the world. Did That's you, why? Did no. you read that? Yeah. She said she wanted to end her Netflix special or her Netflix show because she wanted Damn. to take time to understand what was going on in the world to help. Wow. Thank God. She's amazing. Oh, absolutely. She's amazing. But I I feel like people like Chelsea Handler did amazing things for women in stand-up comedy, giving us the opportunity, um, allowing us to be seen on a national platform as funny and talented and worthy of buying Mm a $22 ticket on a Tuesday night or whatever it is. So yes, there are still things that female comedians have to deal with that guys don't. after a show, I think a guy can just go like have drinks with all the fans, um, groupies. Girls can't really do that. I mean, maybe they do, but it's more dangerous. Um, yeah, totally. Of course. I never thought about that. You know, like. What would that even be? I can't even, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Like. Yeah, that's What do you do after a so show? true. 
Um, we go back to the rooms. Our, I have a little entourage with me, my road manager and my opener. So we either go to our room and if we're tired, we sleep or we'll go to one person's room and we'll hang out there. We'll mm-hmm. watch other comedy specials that are people we love. Right. Or every now and then we'll go to a bar if we're not exhausted. But when you're traveling by yourself, like when you're at that stage of stand-up comedy and you don't have a road manager and you don't get to bring your own opener, you have to use whoever the local guy is and you're a female, like you don't know anyone in that town. I don't know that I would feel safe just going out to a bar with some of the fans. You know what I mean? Like maybe some women do. I'm not knocking it if anybody does that. I'm just saying it's different for guys. Mm. Um, And uh, yeah, I just, I'm lucky that I have a loyal fan base and a following that, comes to see me and they know what to expect mm. and they come and and they have a good time. So I I don't have too many oh well men get to do this and right. I don't yeah. anymore. How's In the beginning. The, how's yes. the um connection between fellow female comics? Um in LA. The thing with me is I don't really hang in the scene very yeah. often. I'm starting to make more of an effort to Why do is that. that? I was always insecure, very mm. insecure. Um, my stand-up career skyrocketed from day one. So I didn't do the journey that most people do. Mm. Imposter syndrome? So like mm. that that Ugh. scenario that I yeah. just told you about, like you're by yourself, you don't get to bring your own opener and you don't know anyone in the town. I didn't really have to live that life because yeah. I was blessed out the gate. I was traveling with a road manager and my own opener. And it w- I would always pick a guy who was my friend to open for me. So I always had somebody with me yeah. and I was never alone. So the the scene with other female comics, like I have friends in the industry, but I don't get to like hang out with them and go do shows with them. Right. Um, Eliza is a good friend of mine. Amy Schumer is great. Mm-hmm. Um, Christella Alonzo is lovely. She's so funny. Um, she had a sitcom for a while and it should have gone even more seasons, but it didn't. Um, so I, I definitely have female friends yeah. in stand-up. We just don't like tour together. Totally. And if I don't hang out at the club, then totally we don't really hang out, you know? Yeah. But I I make it a point to support women and whatever it is that they're doing and make an effort to let them know that I'm not competing with them. Mm-hmm. And at least the ones that I have that relationship to do with, like Eliza or Christella, like if something is popping off in their career, I will be the first to text them and be like, yo, you just wrote a book. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Like be so proud of yourself. That is amazing. I support you. I'm for you. I'm going to post about it. I'm going to use my platform to make sure people Mm -hmm. know about your book. Stuff like that. So important. It's so important because there's room for all of us. There's, I was just about to say that there's room. There's literally room for everyone. And yeah. And there's something that happens because I think there's like a a half a second, maybe longer, maybe a full second (laughs) where it's like, you know, like, oh man, you know, it's like that. Oh man. And then but but, but the bigger emotion is- I'm so happy for them. Like it, yeah. it, it is the bigger emotion. It is it, it is what it is true to you and your Absolutely. core. It's just like your ego kind of gets in there and the fear gets in there and whatever. Always. But it's it feels so good to vocalize mm-hmm. it and to act on it and send a text, mm-hmm. make a phone call, post about it. 
because I, I think it's energy. You're putting energy yep. out there and it's going to come back to you. Like, I, I don't know. I just, yeah, I completely agree. Absolutely. There's room. It's what you're putting out there. It's that gratitude. It's yeah. what you want. It's that self-talk that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, a perfect example of that is just today. Um, I went to go visit my friend on the set of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Mm-hmm. Um, Melissa and Stephanie I'm good friends with and they play the two Latina detectives on the show. Mm-hmm. I tested, I auditioned for both of those roles. I didn't know them at the time, but I tested for both roles and I thought, well, I'm gonna book one of them. They tested me for both of them, I'll get one. And I wanted it so bad. I read the script, I thought it was yeah. so funny. I was like, oh my God, I want this show. And I didn't book it. And I didn't know them at the time. So it, at the time it was not about like, them at all it was my own like journey like okay I didn't book this one you know and went on with my journey I just recently became friends with them um with this Latina group that we have and so we met there and I connected with them and I'm a genuine fan of their show like I auditioned for it and you think I'd be like oh I'm not gonna watch that show they didn't book me I've seen every single episode it's on five seasons now I've seen every single episode I love their show and there's times when I watch it and I go oh like my heart hurts because I'm like oh my god I bet you they're having so much fun Mm -hmm. this show is hilarious I would love to be on this show dang it I was so close Man, I was so close. But at the same time, these girls are amazing. They're on their journey. She's on her journey. Melissa's on hers. Steph's on hers. Like we all have our own journeys. And just going to the set today and watching them work. And like, I treated it as like, I get to be on the set of this show that I'm actually a fan of. Like forget that I auditioned Mm -hmm. and I didn't book it. It's not about I didn't book it. It's like, wow, I'm on the set of a TV show that I love and that I watch. Like that's, unreal and I'm here just to support them. I just stopped by to say hi and just love on them. Perspective. You know? Self-talk constantly. Mm -hmm. Pulling yourself back in. Yeah. So important. In terms of like direction in your career, is your manager agent ideating on their own and like this is where you should go or are you kind of like in the captain seat like this is what I want to do. Help me get to there. How does that work? Um, I'm definitely in the captain seat. Great. And I'm like, I want to flourish in film and TV. Mm-hmm. Get me there. Yeah. So, I mean, we're doing those things. I'm. It's pilot Great. season. I'm Got auditioning. It. I'm coaching. I'm giving it my best shot. And with these past two pilot seasons have been so different from any other pilot season that I've been on because of my perspective that I'm walking in and I'm I'm having fun and I'm so confident in my gift and my ability mm-hmm. that when I walk out of an audition, I, I'm i like, if I don't book this, it's not even about me. Exactly. It's, I wasn't yeah. what they wanted. Whereas yeah. younger Angela would be like, I'm not good enough. I'm not. Right. It was something about me. Yeah. Mm. I probably it was, was this. Maybe I should have did this, whatever. No. Like I walk out of there and I'm like, if you watch my Instagram stories, I've been doing the chronicles of my pilot season and I'll Love walk that. out and I'll be like, listen, you guys, I'm a good actress. <laughs> like, if you guys just saw that audition right now, like I killed it. <laughs> and then I don't book it. But yeah. I'm like, well, that that has nothing to do with me because mm-hmm. I was amazing. <laughs> so clearly they want an Asian girl for that You are because- your product. I mean, that's, you know. Yeah. The, the sooner we realize that. And the sooner we accept mm-hmm. that. And that takes a, the moment. so much pressure off of you yeah. to like 
get it right and do it right. But just to be like, I'm so confident in what I have. I literally met Angela that way. I saw her on Instagram before I knew you. I saw you on Instagram. You're walking out of Warner Brothers and you're like, I killed it. And I'm like, this girl's got it coming at me. That's how we met. Do you yeah. remember? Yeah. I'm like, this girl in an audition. What? Yeah. You were like, why are you auditioning? Why are you auditioning? Why don't you have your own show? We'll get there. Yeah. And that's what I said. I was like, I don't know. I would love to have my own show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You will. From your mouth to God's ears. Come on. You will. Hey. Praise. Um, <laughs> what is it like to be in this business? I know your husband is in a similar business, kind mm-hmm. of the same if we think about it, big picture. But what is, do you keep it normal? Like, is it like between you guys, you know, can you walk away from your work day? Is that challenging? Has that been kind of a process for you? Yes, it's all of the above. Um, it's a process. It's sometimes challenging. And sometimes we're just, we know our roles and mm-hmm. we play them well. When we first got married, my husband was on a month long tour. And then he had like one week off and did another month long tour. And I was on tour myself, traveling mm-hmm. to different cities all over the place. And I remember in my prayer time telling God, like, when do I get to have normal married time? Mm. Because growing up and on TV, all you see is nine to five marriages where you wake up, you have breakfast, he goes to work, she goes to work. They come back, they have dinner. Maybe somebody picked up the kids from school, whatever. Like that's what you see in TV, nine to five marriage. So that's what I expected. So I was like frustrated. And I was like, man, God, when do we get to have normal married time? Like, what the heck? We're all always on the road. Like, I just want normal married time. And I felt like God was telling me, this is your normal. Change your perspective. And when I changed my perspective and embraced this as my normal, then we started getting in a groove. Then we had a routine that we could follow mm-hmm. along and know he yeah. calls me here and I call him there. And this is when we FaceTime or this is when we connect. And then he'll fly out to see me here. I'll fly out to see him there. Maybe we don't get to go grocery shopping together, but this is our thing. This is what yeah. we do here. I had to change that perspective. And once I did, then it wasn't fighting, headbutting anymore with my situation. It was yeah. embracing it going, oh, I see. So it was really just about changing perspective. And now the past few years, my husband my husband has not been touring because he was kind of uh, reinventing himself and now he's doing new music. Cool. Um, and so now he's just starting to travel again. And so he's been in Nashville and just writing music. And so now we're having to learn again, like, okay, what's our routine? Gonna, yeah, yeah, what's our normal going to be? Like, how often is he going to be traveling? And am I going to book a show and I'm not going to be traveling? Like, mm-hmm. so it's always in transition. It's always, you got to be ready to go with the punches. Think about that phrase, go with the punches, right? It's meaning like, be loose. Don't be so stiff. Like be, um, uh, what's it called when you're flexible? Fluid, flexible, right? yeah. Like be flexible, mm-hmm. right? So you think about a boxer, like when they fight, go with the punches. Their stance that they're in their legs are never locked in position. Mm-hmm. They're always like bouncing, you know, bending a little bit, ready to dodge, bob and weave and move. Like going with the punches. You need to be ready to move and adjust. Don't yeah. just, this is what it looks like. This is what our life is. Locking my feet into place. This is how we do it. Mm. Then as soon as something comes that's not a part of your routine, 
knocks you over. And you're like, oh my God, I can't even, how do I survive? Yeah. You gotta be, you know. I've never heard that before. Roll with the That's punches? what that, no, no, no. I've heard oh, of it. Oh, I didn't oh, ever oh. understood You never fully. broke it down? Thank she you. just broke it down. I mean, that I think a, that's what it means. It's what it means to me. A doctorate It's going to be the title of the episode. We should Wikipedia and see if that's exactly what it means. No, absolutely. That's just what it means no, to let's me. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> I love that. So has distance been like a great tool for you now that you know how to like switch your perspective? I feel like distance between someone you, between you and someone you care about is like a, an opportunity to like grow in a different way. Sure. You know? It's still hard though. Oh, I can imagine. Like I still... Ooh. This feels like a girlfriend moment. When he leaves. Girlfriend. Like <laughs> girlfriend. girlfriend. I did kind of lose my girlfriend. Yeah. Let's okay. bring him back. It got real intense and you I lost have my like girlfriend. three left. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> girlfriend. There's one. Um, like, even if I know I'm gonna talk to him every single day, like mm-hmm. the countdown to him leaving, I hate it. Or me, when I know I'm gonna fly somewhere, mm. I start getting anxiety. Yeah. And it's like my anxiety manifests itself as melancholy. So like, I feel sad. Yeah. And I'm like, why do I feel sad? What's going on? What do I have to be sad about? Oh, nothing. It's anxiety. Mm. And it's just my thoughts. Like I'm thinking like, oh, he's going to leave. I'm be sad. I just leave my bed by myself. Ugh. Yeah. So yeah, it's really, it always comes down to your perspective. Like just changing your thoughts. And of course, having a good communication established. Like if he left and just didn't talk to me the whole time, then we'd have some problems. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if he's a couple hours ahead of me. So if I wake up and I don't have Answer a text message, text. you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, if yeah. I don't wake up to a good morning text message from my husband, right. then like that's right. the first thing I'll think, oh, how, why didn't you text me? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> I should be texting mark. you first. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Are you okay? Did something happen? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. It's challenging. I can imagine. Yeah. But it's kind of cool that it's always changing, you know, like as the career changes, kind of how you like dance and the relationship changes too. Mm -hmm. So I love this. We had some questions from people in the community. I think I like asked them all. I'm going to look at them really, really quick. What are you so excited about for this year? There's like upcoming things that people can look out for. I have nothing in the works. Like also plug your Hulu special. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm excited that Repeat my special's that. on Hulu. Yes. Um, if you have Hulu, go on there. It's called Mahalo and Goodnight. Angela so Johnson. Funny. So funny. So funny. Yeah. Netflix too. Yes, I have some specials on Netflix. Not fancies on Netflix. Um, my the second fact that one, there are multiple. By yes, the way. Oh, no. like she's going into her other hand. My like yeah, like, my oh. second one. Earlier, she's on like, there. I have eighty-eight shows. I'm like, I don't have eighty-eight anything. <laughs> like, what I'm are you excited have about of? writing my new hour? That's what I'm excited about. What's the de- what do you the, have a deadline? Do you have a no. projection for what that'll mm-hmm. look like? I don't have a deadline. I don't have. Do you know where it's going to be? Or it's gonna just, well, it's going to be. I mean, it's going to be. Yeah. I don't know anything. Like, I just kind of write whatever is on my heart and my mind at the time. Mm. And like, I write notes in my notebook. And then I have like my opener, Mal. He is definitely part of my team and helps me with my writing. Like, he'll ask me questions and get me talking. And he'll be like, okay, what are you angry about right now? Is that your process? You, it's like a question or, you know, what's your process? Do you, 
It's evolved. Do you sit down and write or is it just as you go, how things come or both? Or um, It's definitely evolved. It used to be, I'll be in the shower yeah. and things will come to me and I'll start talking to myself in the shower and then it I'll get out. It always comes in the shower. Yeah. We need, you need to invent something where you like write shit in the shower. Yeah. A recorder or something. Because I talk to Songs come to me in the shower and then I hop out and, and I'm like- forget. Where'd they go? It's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Where'd they go? <laughs> I started recording my shower. <laughs> And then I listen to it. And I'm like, but shit. Should we start like, a shower podcast? Yeah. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. You know, sorry. I, I did find a question. Okay. What uh, is we it? Have, I mean, we have a bunch, but I think I covered most of them. But um, actually a few people in our group are aspiring comics. One girl in particular wanted advice on being um, a Latina in comedy and, and being surrounded you know, just kind of figuring out like her place and her material and being around a lot of men. Like she just kind of mm -hmm. felt like a little like unplugged in that uh -huh. way. And, but also her main question was for young and up and coming comics, what is your um, advice? Any um, my go-to advice mm -hmm. for young and up, up and coming comics or even old comics and even people who are not comics. Yeah. My advice is always do you and do you well because there's only one you. There's only um, one, one of you with your perspective. Like when we go to auditions, you go in the waiting room and there's 15 other Latinas that look just like me. And you're like, oh, wow. Okay, we're all trying to get this one role. Great. Mm. There's only one me though because they didn't have the childhood I had. So they don't have the edges that are rough like I have. They don't have the smooth side to me that I have. They don't have um, the abuse and the trauma that I have. They mm -hmm. don't have the angels in my life that mm -hmm. we talked about that yeah. I have. They don't have the youth camp that I went to that I have. There's only one me with my history, which shapes my point of view. So no one has my point of view coming out of my mouth, which is the same for everybody. No one has mm. your point of view with all of your past history coming out of your face. There's only one you. So do you and do you well. Yeah. Be confident in you. Um, grow, be better than the you you were yesterday. Whatever that looks like to you, learning, reading a book, exercising, eating healthier, making better choices, whatever it is, be a better you. So do you and do you well. And then for her specifically, being a Latina comic, I feel like when I first started stand-up, I tried to be who I thought people wanted me to be. And the only rooms I could get into were like the Latino rooms. So it was like refried Fridays at the improv or whatever it was. And I would try to be super Latina. I would try to talk with an accent. I portrayed my parents as um, English as a second language parents. Mm. My mom and dad do not speak Spanish. My whole opening jokes about my parents, they speak broken English. They're like, ay, yeah. mija, la, 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 la. Like, they don't talk like that. Mm -hmm. They speak English. <laughs> my mom knows probably four Spanish words. Wow, yeah. But I was trying to be who I thought people wanted me to be. So I was like, okay, well, let me give them what they want. I don't want to disappoint people. Right. It wasn't until I embraced myself and all of my flaws and quirks and embraced the fact that I don't speak Spanish. 
Like I used to pretend that I spoke Spanish and now I have a whole bit about, I don't speak Spanish, you guys. <laughs> I bought Rosetta Stone and I still don't speak Spanish. Uh, I've had it for since 2006. Good bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> when I started embracing myself, who yeah. I really am, mm. that's what people responded to. They don't care that you're a Latina comic. They don't care about anything. They just want authenticity, truth. So just do you and do you well. I'm on the floor. The mic is actually on the, the floor. The mic. I've, I'm, <laughs> I've pancaked on the floor. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You are an expander. For me, God. for me, uh, like just listening to your story, we don't have the same story, but it's just, you know, like there's so many points of reference that you can be like, ah, what she was feeling is similar to what I was feeling or am feeling. You know, it's just like, it gives you um, like a little pulse of life. My worst fear is being on stage and choking It'll in front away. of 3,000 people. And they have to wait until I cough it up. Totally. And it takes, <coughs> always it's, takes longer than you want it to take. So sorry. Everybody. Oh my God, not ever. ever. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Podcasting is not the I same think as gone. being on stage. It's a little in front of 3,000 people. Yeah, we can add. There's <laughs> two people here. So okay. the judgment we leave isn't it why. Honestly, Three, someone's going to relate. <laughs> someone's going to relate yes, to this. I feel. We leave it. I vote we leave it. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh my God. That would be my biggest fear. What's your second biggest fear of being on stage? Um, this will be people, our last question. This. I've had this nightmare. <laughs> okay. Multiple times. Okay. I'm on stage doing stand-up. It's sold out. And all of a sudden people start getting up and leaving. And I can't do anything to get them to stay. Okay. I, like I try to do my, like my best jokes and they're not staying. And by the end of it, there's maybe like just a handful of people left in this empty Whoa. room. That's like a, an what actual legitimate mean? nightmare that I've had multiple times. But it's never happened. <clears throat> no, it's never happened. It's just been like, I wake totally. up going, <gasps> oh. we gotta look that one up. Yeah, I'll put that That's in, in a dream I'll book put that somewhere. in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> you just know that word. Do you know what that word is? I learned that word show notes from Lindsay when I listened to the first episode of the podcast. We'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> it feels like homework. It feels like we'll do something later. <laughs> show notes. We'll go over at our meeting. Yeah, in the show notes. <laughs> um, thank you so much for being here. I Thanks appreciate your time me. and your story and your message. I wish I was writing it down the whole time. Obviously, I'll listen to this episode, but I, I just feel like, you know, you don't have to be in uh, show business to take away from your story, something that will help people propel their personal growth, growth in their career and their, you know, self-care, all of that. So yes, I'm so, I don't know you very well, but I'm just like so proud of you. Thanks. Do you know what I mean? When you feel that way about a human being, yeah. you're like, ah, I'm so proud yeah, you, I, I feel you. that often for people. You know? So yeah, I get it. Well, it's it. being yeah. humble. It's being, I mean, I picked Angela up today in my Honda Accord. And <laughs> I, I was, was like, I was like, should yeah. I rent? A, You're so should stupid. Should I rent? <laughs> I love you. Some kind of Same, Hummer. I think about my Nissan Sentra all the time. I'm like, man. I, yo, okay. Last thing. This is about me right now. <laughs> yeah. I went to a Chanel event today. Excuse me. I don't know. Never owned anything <laughs> from Chanel. Right. Not even a lip gloss. Could okay. Not even the perfume. Right. Not even. I don't even think I've had a sample. Okay. No. Uh -huh. And so we we were invited. Our uh, two of our listeners work for Chanel corporate, and they're so sweet. And they're like, oh my, and they're like normal. They're just. I'm like, you work for Chanel? That seems so fancy. Like, what's going on? And they're like, yeah. Like, come and come to this event. It should be fun. Like, whatever. I was like, okay. Chris is out of town, so I had to go by myself. And I show up. There's like 
18 security guards out front. I'm just like, Hey guys, like walking up, like I don't know what I'm wearing. I think I'm wearing a track jacket, but also some straight fancy from pants. spin cycle. Right. But then like some weird like moto boots. But then something. Else. I'm like, what the fuck am I wearing? But I'm trying to be, like, <laughs> I'm trying to be like a high fashion blogger, but I'm not. You uh-huh. know, uh-huh. I'm like, what's Instagramable right now? Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was like total imposter syndrome. But um, I forget my point with this story. What were we just talking about? Chanel picking Angela up in a Honda. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh fuck, my Nissan Sentra. I'm like, I can't valet this shit. No, I can't. You have to park around I the have, corner. Because I have like, I have some like dry cleaner slips and some weird. I have like <laughs> eyelash curlers in right. my fucking thing. Like I don't. I'm like, no, like they can't be in my car. And I like sweat in my car after Soul Cycle. I'm like, it's probably still wet. Like I don't no. even know. I showed up to Angela's house ten minutes early and parked outside and was like cleaning out my car. <laughs> I'm like, don't look in the back seat. Everything's fine. I'm moving That's for a friend. Hilarious. I'm moving for a friend. Everything's fine. <laughs> and then I like pulled in. She's got such a fancy, like, I mean, you have a beautiful house, which Thank is like you. such a fancy driveway. And I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't pull in. So then she has to watch me do the 17 point, <laughs> 17 point turn. I have to make sure it's already done. So then we can just whisk down the hill. <laughs> and then as we're driving out, I'm like, shit, my ways is not working. I do not have, I've sprint. I'm from the Midwest. I'm like, my phone is not like loading the map. She's going to think I don't. Literally. Whatever. You're so She's silly. Humble. It's humble. But this is why I, I love being in LA. Cause like, you know, so much goes on in our heads of like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And then you meet people or you are in the experience, in the moment present. And you're like, oh, everyone's a human. Yeah. We're okay. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I, ha- I have one story just yeah, to please. add to what you just said, yeah. because it reminds me of this. Um, Should we stay all night? Yeah, it was fine. Sleep yeah, over. I brought my sleeping bag. Okay, um, it was the, was it? TCA? T- I forget what they call TSA. it. TSA? TSA? Government? No. It's where they talk about their new shows. Every network has a party. Oh, it's oh, the, they're um, upfront. Upfront? Upfront? Did I, I just make TCA? No, no, you're I don't right. Okay, listen. It was something red carpety. Okay. And it was for Fox. Okay. Great. I just joined the cast of Mad TV. They rented out the entire Santa Monica Pier, right? And it's all for this By the Fox. way, that's for rent. Yeah. For any future birthday parties. <laughs> for any want to rent it out. Not anyone. So, you know, it's event. like blocked Damn. off, red carpet, everything, because every show that's on Fox right now, all of their cast is coming to talk wow. about their show and walk the red carpet and ride the rides and play the games, right? My first red carpet event for Mad TV, I'm one of their new cast members. Um, I have my outfit ready. I had my friend who's a stylist, like help me pick it out. I feel like really cool. I'm at my manager's office and that's where I got ready there. And we're waiting for the limo to pick us up, the black car, town car, right? You know, when these press events, it's a bunch of black town cars and then they open the door. Here comes the celebrity and they start taking pictures. Flash, 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 Mm -hmm. flash, flash, right? Waiting and waiting. What's your face for that? Just like, uh, you just have a perma smile. A perma, it's like, you figure out what you look like oh, and then oh, right, right, okay. you remember what your face feels like and then you just do that. Do that, okay. Can you okay. do it? Oh, my oh God. that's a good one. <laughs> I'm worried I don't have one. We'll practice. Okay. practice. Okay. So I'm at my manager's office and I'm waiting. My car's not arriving and I'm going to miss the red carpet. So they call the car service. They went to my house all the way in North Hollywood instead of my manager's office, which is in Santa Monica. I was going to miss it. So my manager had his assistant drive me to the red carpet event Mm -hmm. in her like 1998 Nissan Sentra, Mm -hmm. bird poop everywhere. (laughs) 
<laughs> my car. When always. I say everywhere, not just like a couple of spots. <laughs> it was like diarrhea. <laughs> she parks I'm under spinning. a tree every day. So like, I'm not going to wash it because I'm just going to park under this tree every day and get poop. So I'm just, I've never washed my car. Shit. Poop everywhere. <laughs> I pull up to this red carpet event in between limos, Cadillac Escalades, black cars. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> move aside move aside yeah and here we have Next. Angela Johnson <laughs> damn getting out of this poopy clearly pulling a stunt of some kind <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> clearly oh. pulling a stunt <laughs> wait I'm so Angela yo so you Angela gotta, you gotta bring back the bird poop car when you go to like the Oscars and the Golden yes. Globes you know? Oh my God. Oh my God. Did anyone but care? in that moment, I was not like, embrace it. I was humiliated. I was so embarrassed. I I could not like, she kept like driving up. I was like, I'm just going to get out here. And I got out and I like walked a little ways. The kid around the corner. It was school. like, like yeah. oh, you can Mom, drop, me, drop off. me off here. <laughs> She's in her heels, like. <laughs> oh, it was humiliating. A star is oh born. Yeah, <laughs> born. Now looking Promise back, me I, I can wish, drop you off at your next event. I <laughs> wish I, I embraced it. I wish I was doing like lowrider poses on yeah. the car, full on. Like I wish. <laughs> Dang it! Missed oh opportunity. My God. That is so damn funny. Oh my god. Oh. Well, I love that. That makes you relatable as fuck. <laughs> you know? Um, Can I still drive you home? Please. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll drop you off around the corner. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much. This was so much fun. Thank I appreciate you. you. Thanks and for I, all the great questions. That was fun. Oh, please. No, all the great answers. I mean, our community, Almost 30, is was inspired by our transitions from our 20s to our 30s. And... But what it really is is just kind of giving people inspiration and the resources and the community to hopefully navigate like any transition. So Dope. Um, that nailed it. Like yes. none other. The show notes. <laughs> <laughs> and let's give it up for Tweet Charlie. Tweet me the show notes. Let's give it up for Charlie who- uh, Take a look. Actually, Calm down. You know what, Charlie? You can take home all of those pillows on the couch. Uh, you know what I mean? The real winner tonight, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I was like, (laughs) if you guys are wondering what happened to the background noise, uh, (laughs) it fell asleep. It fell asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. So where, okay. Last thing, where can our listeners find you on like socials and everywhere to follow you? I'm at Angela Johnson everywhere. A-N-J-E-L-A-H Johnson. I'm mostly active um, posting on Instagram and I'm mostly active responding on Twitter. So if you want to talk, you want me to talk back to you, tweet me. Great. Um, and if you want to see what I'm up to, check Instagram because that's where I'm Great. most active. I love that. All right, girl. Thanks, guys. To the top we go. Come on. Come on. <laughs> what did we say? Mariska Hargate, you're the next. Yeah, yeah, she's done. She's been on forever. Don't. How dare you? I love First her. of all. How dare, <laughs> literally. How so dare rude. you? <laughs> I'm conflicted because I want that job. To, I'm like, I want to. I'm sorry. I love yeah. you. No, I know. Um, I love her okay. so much. We love you. Thank you. Love you. Thank you. You're the best. Bye. Bye. I feel like mine didn't harmonize. Yeah. Hey. I'll work. I'm literally <clears throat> want to get good at it. Just for me. I love my friends more.
Wow. <laughs> what a what a damn what a damn delight. She's the best. Yeah, man. She's so rad. I'm so jealous. Yeah, she's actually the best. Please connect with Angela. Tag her when you tag this episode and tag us. She's waiting for it. I told her you guys would freak the fuck out. So um, do that. And make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Um, subscribe to our YouTube page as well as Angela Johnson's YouTube mm-hmm. page. She has some great content up there. She's so damn funny. And follow us both on Instagram and join our secret Facebook group. Let us know if and how you like this episode. We felt like we went deep with her. You know, it was like unexpected. I thought we were just gonna like chill and laugh, and she really like she had she something to heat. say. Yeah, she had something mm-hmm. to say, and I'm like just honored to now know her. Um, all right, guys. Enjoy this week. Thank you so much for everything you do for us. We love you. We love you guys. Goodbye. Goodbye. This will also go. Hey, what happened to the beat? We're done, Bunk Weekly. Hello, Mr. Producer. I can hear you. Mr. Producer Man. I can hear you. What happened to the beat? Why you turn it off? It's done. Your time's up. But I ain't even finished. I'm sorry. Now I got like 10 more people that just hated on me. That's not my problem. You hating, sir. I'm not hating, Monk Weekly. Excuse me, sir. What? Bro. Boy, I really wish you would try to